Coming up on Locked on Dodgers, the Dodgers have won two of the first three in this four-game series against the Padres. A lot of good to talk about. A little bit of bad, unfortunately. That one game they lost uh, got pretty darn ugly, but we'll talk about the starting pitching doing really well with some caveats, bullpen imploding in game two, and the offense continuing to do its thing. That's what's on tap, so let's get Locked on Dodgers. You are Locked on Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans, this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Even better, go and subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now. Then you can be an everydayer just like we are. If this is your first time with us, I am Jeff Snyder. That guy next to me is Vince Samperio. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans, just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room, so we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. And it was an exciting weekend, Vince. The Dodgers, you know, if going into the series, uh, the, we know the Padres are a better team than the way they've played this year. Uh, and you, Darvish, and Blake Snell are both very, very good pitchers. So going into the series, knowing in those first three games – Dodgers are facing Darvish and Snell and Rich Hill. I think uh, if you told us Thursday night, by, by the time you record a podcast Sunday night, the Dodgers will be two and one in the series. I think we would have taken it for the most part, you know, uh, winning two out of those three games. I think the Rich Hill game is a game everybody would have expected us to win. And sure enough, the Dodgers did. And then you try to steal one of those other ones. The only reason there's a little bit of a sour note is, the Dodgers had a really good chance to steal both of those first two and win the first three games of the series. But we'll get to that in the second segment, uh, the bullpen not allowing that to happen. Uh, but I, I guess jumping in, Vince, we thought we'd, we'd talk about the starting pitching, the bullpen, and then the offense, uh, the three elements of the team, because there's a lot to say about all of them. And the starting pitching this series, other than, you know, they haven't given much length. Uh, but, you know, uh other than that, the, the starting pitching has been very good. Lance Lynn made up for it, did give some length. And, you know, Saturday's lack of length was more probably more due to health than anything else, although we weren't really sure what was going to happen. Uh, uh, so I guess let's start with Bobby Miller in Friday's game. Only made it three and two-thirds innings. Seemed like he was running out of gas. They, you know, he, he his pitch count was getting up there. Wasn't necessarily at a point where they had to pull him, but – it was he was about to face the order for the third time, had runners on base, and was really, really starting to struggle. It was one of those where they kind of didn't want to play with fire. He pitched well. I saw a tweet about his like stuff plus was top five, I think, in five different pitch categories on like that day or that this weekend, whatever it was. So his stuff was there, his stuff was good. He just did the at bats weren't starting until there was a full count. That's what it seemed like. Every time every at bat. You know, somebody had a full count and, you know, sometimes you strike him out, sometimes you got him out, uh, and sometimes he didn't. So it, it, it comes down to, you know, attacking maybe a little bit. Uh, I don't know if it was so much command, more so, you know, just him maybe trying to live on the margins a little bit and worried about getting hit. And the other part was, you know, they talked about a lot, a lot on the broadcast Friday of this team being the Padres not being great against Velocity. And I feel like a couple of times he went to off speed when he could have just stuck with velocity and it might have worked out a little bit better. But 
again, the stuff is good. He's right on the cusp of like figuring it out. He just needs to put it together. Like he hasn't put it all together in a start yet. Um, he's had good starts, but he hasn't, you know, we, the stuff's right there. Yeah. Overall, he threw 49 strikes and 33 balls, which is not quite the ratio you're looking for. Uh, it's, it's not the worst we've seen, but it's, it's not what you're looking for. And the fact that he did throw those 82 pitches in just three and two thirds innings tells you everything you need to know about how efficient he was. And, you know, it's, it's a recurring theme, almost every young pitcher efficiency is the big thing. And, and he talked after the game about how he needs to be better at attacking hitters. And, you know, when you'd have that good of stuff, go after him. And, and maybe, I don't know if he was intimidated by, you know, the big names in the Padres lineup and, and they're very good hitters or, or what it was, but uh, yeah, you know, quality was good. Quantity was not good enough because the, you know, whether the efficiency wasn't quite there, uh, which, which then brings us to Saturday, Michael Grove got the start. We weren't sure, uh, we knew that Grove and Yarbrough were both likely to pitch. We weren't sure what order they would go in. Uh, and then they announced that Grove was going to be the starter. And we thought, oh, maybe they're just doing an opener for, because they had previously announced that Grove wouldn't make his start this time through the rotation. Um, and then Dave Roberts said it was going to be a traditional start, that Grove was going to be out there like a regular starter. And then Grove looked awesome. And then he was out in the in the second inning. And it turns out that on Sunday he was placed on the injured list with a, a lat strain, I think it was. And so – you know, they, there's uh, Ryan Yarbrough did come in and, and it ended up being basically kind of like a glorified opener, you know, a, a opener going a little bit deeper than most openers. And then Yarbrough taking the bulk innings. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, uh, they between those two guys, they weren't able to take down quite as many innings as it ended up the Dodgers needed. But uh, I guess we could talk about Grove and Yarbrough both as starters since that's kind of both their role. Uh, and Grove looked great. He struck out. The four out of the five outs that he got were strikeouts. Yeah, he looked great. It was interesting because when they pulled him out, it didn't seem like he was in. Like it didn't seem it seemed like it seemed like Dave Roberts said it was gonna be a traditional start and it wasn't supposed to be a traditional start. It was one of those, okay. You get him past the righties at the top of the lineup and then let Yarbrough have a soft spot to start his outing, and then you know he'll go he'll go the bulk of the way. Didn't it worked out that way. You know, I don't know if it was because of the injury or not. Nothing that we saw, or at least that I remember seeing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Grove looked good. He's he's kind of been a little Jekyll and Hyde lately. You know, he's looked good um, and had some couple bad games. He's had the swing and miss, which is the good part. So if, when he does come back from the injured list, you know, I'd love to see him in the bull, bullpen role for sure because Dodgers, you know, Yarbrough could be. You know, I don't know what their plan was for him or what the plan is for him still moving forward. Um, but I'd like to just see him as a regular starter and at least a couple of times through and see what he does. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's more guys than they've had before. And with Hayden Kershaw coming back, you know, we'll probably have a discussion about that too. And what happens to the, the rest of the rotation. Yeah. And maybe this is the time to have that, that discussion because they did announce on Sunday that Kershaw is likely to come back this week. They're not sure if he'll come back in the two game series at the D backs or when the Dodgers get, get back home, but at that point, somebody else probably loses, loses a spot in the rotation. And it's either Ryan Yarbrough or it's Tony Gonsolin at this point. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you just said you'd like to see Yarbrough get a, a couple starts. And uh, that would leave Gonsolin as the odd man out in this rotation, probably maybe a piggyback situation with Bobby Miller. You know, remember last season started with Gonsolin and Tyler Anderson 
piggybacking and ended with both of them. Were they both all-stars? Uh, they were both all-star quality way. Um, yeah, they both were all-stars. And, and, you know, so may, maybe that's all they need. Bobby Miller and Tony Gonsal just need to piggyback for a minute. But uh, I, it seems like maybe that's the answer. Yeah, I think, you know, barring some wild six-plus inning start uh, from Gonsolin on Monday, I think you kind of have to see, okay, is it an issue of him starting and getting length and, you know, him having to conserve him, try to conserve himself because he knows he has to start? Or is it a matter of if his stuff is or his body, whatever it is, is diminished? Because if they can say, okay, Gonsolin, we only need you to throw two innings, uh, whether it's the beginning of the game or after, you know, somebody after Bob Miller or whatever the case, I'd like to see it. And I'd like to see if it's the stuff that's bad or if it's just him not being able to be a starter right now, because every time they talk about it, it's, Oh, you know, if it was, we weren't so injured, he'd be on the injured list or if you're blah, 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 all this other stuff. So I'd like to see if that's truly the case. And if it is, maybe he does go on the injured list and maybe they, you know, that'd be a kind of a big roll of the dice just because you're hoping that nobody else gets hurt, but uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and the the argument, I guess, in favor of keeping Gonsolin in and making Yarbrough the the piggyback starter for Miller is the the disparity in pitching styles. You know, a hard throwing righty and a, and a soft tossing lefty maybe could throw guys off. Maybe he'd be more effective in that role following Miller in a game. I don't know how much truth there is to that idea, um, but I guess that would be the argument in favor of of Yarbrough being the one to become the piggybacker. Uh, there's one more starter for us to talk about. We'll we'll let that bleed into the second segment. Uh, uh, we're going to talk about that last starter and then talk about the bullpen and their performance this weekend. So thanks for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen, and please keep it Locked On Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by Dave, not the person, the app. At one time or another, we all need a little financial help. That's why Dave is great. Dave can get you cash when you need a hand between paychecks and can help you build credit by settling extra cash advances on time. Dave is the banking app that's leveling the financial playing field. When you download Dave, you could get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. It's part of Dave's extra cash account. Advance the money you need with no interest and then settle up later. Extra cash gives you more money to buy groceries, fill your tank, finally get your car repaired or catch up on bills without having to wait for your next paycheck. You can even build credit when you settle up on time. So download Dave today at dave.com slash MLB. That's dave.com slash MLB. You could get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. Download the Dave app now or go to dave.com slash MLB. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Eligibility, requir- eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve, member FDIC. We are back. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning, especially want to thank our everydayers who are here with us every weekday morning. If you're not an everydayer, it's a fun club to join. All you got to do is watch or listen every weekday morning. Uh, Also, I remind you, you can catch every Dodger game on the radio on Sirius XM or the SXM app. Uh, You can just launch the SXM app and search for Dodgers. You can also listen to this podcast on the SXM app by searching for Locked On Dodgers. And finally, we want to remind you, if you are watching this on YouTube, we'd love to hear from you in the YouTube comment section. And if you're listening on the podcast, we'd love to hear from you through social media or email or any other contact info we will give you at the end of the episode. Uh, so one last starter we need to talk about, Vince, uh, even if just to make sure that we give him his props, Lance Lynn pitched on Sunday and uh, continued his streak of only allowing runs on solo homers. He allowed one run in six innings 
and I threw threw 94 pitches. I mean, it, it was crazy after the lack of getting a total of five innings from the, their first two starters in the series. Uh, I think Lynn could have gone seven innings if they had needed him to. Uh, and they, they didn't. And they, uh, I was a little surprised they didn't push him to seven, but at 94 pitches, they took him out. He did great. Got the win. He's, you know, as a Dodger now and Lance Lynn is, we, we knew that he was going to provide innings, be an innings eater. I, I feel like the quality has probably been better than people had hoped for. Yeah, definitely been better than that hope for. You know, the first one, you got to chalk it up to, okay, it was the A's. But, you know, this is the Padres, and this is a potential team they might play in the playoffs. And he shut them down for the most part over six innings. And, yeah, it would look good. Uh, you kind of you look at what he's done different since being with the Dodgers. The last game, he threw almost 70% fastballs. This game, he was right around somewhere up there again, throwing mostly fastballs. And he's throwing the fastballs up. That changeup was working down and down and out uh, to lefties or, or, you know, down and into righties. And he looked good. He got some swings and misses. He struck out Machado twice. He ended up with six strikeouts. So whatever it is, if it's just as simple as changing the way, how many times he throws certain pitches uh, and everything like that. And if the command and control is there, then he's going to be solid for the rest of the way. Yeah, no complaints there for sure. Uh, one area we do have some complaints about is the Dodgers bullpen this weekend, uh, and not entirely. I mean, the, like we talked about, the starters didn't go very deep, and so the bullpen did get worked pretty hard. Uh, really, it was it was two guys. You know, on Saturday, Yancy Almonte and Caleb Ferguson both just kind of found a dumpster, threw some gas in, and, and tossed in a match. Uh, Almonte struggled to throw strikes. He, uh, I mean, he he was – he was in trouble, but he walked Haas on Kim and then he walked Fernando Tatis on four pitches. And like, I, I get it. And, and it's been a running issue with Almonte. I think that sometimes he's not sure where his stuff is going to go. They talked last year when he was having an excellent season, they talked about how his strategy was just aim for down the middle and know that your slider is going to move one way and your fastball is going to move the other way. But, but, you know, just don't try to place them, just aim down the middle and let your stuff work. Uh, that doesn't seem to be working. Uh, Almonte, after he had been solid, he hadn't allowed an earned run in, uh, I don't know how many games it was, from June 14th through July 25th. Uh, that's for him, 15 appearances, 14 and two-thirds innings, hadn't allowed an earned run. But now in his last three games, he has allowed the, the two games against real teams, uh, both of those games, he's allowed three earned runs in a third of an inning. He did have two shot innings, uh, scoreless innings against the A's. He did walk two guys and allow a hit there, but he didn't allow any runs. But the game against the Reds and the game against the Padres, both times three runs in a third of an inning. Uh, both times walks were an issue uh, against the Reds. It was three walks in that third of an inning. Against the, the Padres, it was two walks uh, and a hit. Uh, it was, yeah, it, it's very concerning that Almonte struggles against good teams. Suddenly. Yeah, and yeah, and I think you know, kind of the discussion I saw on on social media, and kind of the discussion, you know, that's part of it is the Dodgers don't really have. They're trying to find that second guy, that second guy behind Evan Phillips, and you know, Ferguson for the most part's been pretty good over a year, but he's hit a couple spots where, it, and it's hard to like be, you know, Evan Phillips, unless you really, really pay attention, like you probably don't even remember the couple of games where he's had mistakes because it's so far and few between where 
or it's not as bad like as some other guys when they implode. Like, you know, when Amante implodes, you remember because he walks through three guys and then maybe gives up a hit or a home run or whatever. You know, Ferguson as well. If you when they brought in Ferguson, my first thing was why are they bringing in Ferguson with the base loaded? Because he's a guy that struggles with command sometimes. And then when I thought about it, I'm like, well, I guess it's between him and Vesia because it's a lefty at the plate. So <laughs> like there wasn't too much to go after to go with uh in that specific spot in it. And it does come down to like if Bobby Miller had gone deeper in the game on Friday, then they wouldn't have to use so many arms and there probably would have been more arms available Saturday. And I think the one thing is that we can speak on that is tough is like speaking in absolutes. Like, you know, people are like, oh, Ryan Brazier should have came in or somebody should have came in. It's like, we don't know if he was available because he pitched on Friday. We don't know what, you know, what the deal is. Uh, and then he ended up actually giving up a home run on Sunday. So like if he had come in and given up a home run instead of, uh, well, I guess it wouldn't have mattered because they scored so many runs that, that inning on Saturday anyways. But, yeah, it, it's tough. And I think it's still it, – we're going to have nights like this where it's tough because they're trying to figure out this bullpen. And we're in that mode now where they're still trying to win games, but they're also trying to figure out this October situation. And there's still a lot of time to figure out the bullpen because guys will move. Got, you know, Guys could come up. Um, there, there's still more movement to be made. But I think overall – you know, the talent is kind of there, but the execution's not. Yeah, it's easy to second guess every decision that doesn't work out. Uh, but the fact is, Almonte and Ferguson are both important parts of this. You know, and Ferguson, he did come in with the bases loaded and he got weak contact. You know, it's, I mean, it, that was some bad luck. You know, they, they, you could tell that Ferguson was the plan against Soto. And like you said, the alternative was Alex Vesia. Um, and, and he got a weak grounder. And, the funny thing is, if the infield had been playing in to prevent that run, the problem was they had a two-run lead, so they, they they were playing double play depth. If the infield's playing in, they get a force at home on that play instead of two runs scoring on it. Uh, and, you know, the error by Kike didn't help any. Ferguson later had an error on his own. Inning should have been over, and he, he had Machado picked off and ended up throwing the ball away. That led to another at least one more run, maybe two more runs. It, it was, you know, it was just an ugly, stupid inning. But the fact is, you know, Dave Roberts said after the game, I got to put guys in, in situations and give them a chance to earn a spot or cost themselves a spot. And we're kind of getting to that point in the season. Like you remember last year, Craig Kimbrell actually was pitching a little bit better as the season went on, but he had one or two high profile mess ups late in the season, kind of at this point, you know, we're in September where at that point you're like, well, even, even though he was probably better overall the last month and a half of the season than he had been the first part of the season, it was in crunch time and it's at the point where you're like, okay, there's no more time to give him a chance. And, you know, Almonte oh, let it go stretch. The let it go yeah. Stretch. Yeah. Uh, and Almonte and Ferguson, both are kind of, you know, they're going to have to step up. And I did like that. Roberts went right back to Almonte, even though Almonte threw, how many pitches did he throw in that inning? Uh, when he, Oh, only 16 pitches. He was terrible, but didn't throw a ton of pitches. So that allowed him to Dave Roberts to bring him back in on Sunday bigger lead and he did pretty well. He gave up a hit, but didn't allow any runs. And, and, you know, that you appreciate that as a pitcher, probably your manager throwing you right back out there, give you a chance to redeem yourself. And uh, it was good that the Dodgers had a big enough lead that they trusted him with that. Um, but yeah, when you talk about having that second guy, you know, Bruce Dargratterall at times has been that guy ERA wise looks like that guy, Joe Kelly stuff wise looks like that guy. You know, they've got possibilities. And, and the crazy thing is when we get to the postseason any or all of these guys could get on hot streaks. Like it's not crazy at all. We've seen it firsthand. Joe Kelly, Joe Kelly being dominant in October. I mean, we saw it against the Dodgers in 2018. 
Uh, we've also seen the other side of Joe Kelly in October, you know, um, but all of these guys have the potential to be really, really good. Uh, but you'd love to see them get there before October because uh, that's going to be nerve wracking if we go into it with a lot of bullpen question marks in the postseason. Yeah, and I know we say this a lot, but the you know the bull like I said we for us to feel better we want to see these guys get right and go in strong into October. But at the end of the day, like it, they could go in hot, they could go in cold, they could go in whatever, and it just matters what they do in October at that point, and you never know what's going to happen. Yep. And I guess the one other thing on the bullpen to talk about was Evan Phillips uh, pitching on Friday. He came into the game in the eighth inning, Dodgers up by three runs, two runners on, and uh, Fernando Tatis at the plate. And uh, did I break up or can you still hear me okay? You're breaking up, but I can still hear you. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so uh, two runners on, up by three. Tatis coming up. So they brought in Evan Phillips. He gets a fly out to get out of that. And then the Dodgers score three, three more runs. And a lot of people are saying that the Dodgers should have pulled Phillips at that point once they had a six-run lead. But, you know, and, and then he would have been available on, on su- Saturday. But the fact is, like, Phillips is already in the game. You you can't take it for granted. Yeah, get the win. win. Step on their necks right now. Worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. And Phillips wouldn't have been pitching in the eighth inning anyway. It would have been Almonte. Um, It's the eight, nine, one hitters. You're not going to bring in Phillips in the eighth inning against the bottom of the order. Almonte lit a fire. You know, if anything, the difference is you go to, if Phillips is available, maybe you go to him instead of Ferguson. uh, And then maybe you could go after the walk to Kim. Um, but you know, even that it's like, you know, it's so easy to second guess these things, but when you have a win in front of you, you know, you, you'd hate to, you know, it, pull Phillips out, bring in a lesser reliever and then have the Padres rally. And then suddenly, oh, wow, man, I wish we had used Phillips for more than six pitches tonight. Um, you know, so you can second guess anything, but, uh, th- they got the win when it was in front of them. So, We'll come back in a minute and uh, we'll talk about the offense, which was another bright spot of the weekend. And we got the Dodgers uh, the second win of the series. So thanks for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen. And please keep it Locked On Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Uh, BetterHelp, anytime that you, if you ever had a situation where you're just trying to make a decision and you just, can't make the decision. It's not like you want somebody to make the decision for you. You just need somebody to talk to about it. That's the thing. Like uh, when it comes to therapy, a lot of people think that therapy is only for serious trauma or, you know, serious issues. Uh, And, and therapy is great for those things, but sometimes it's just, you just have tough choices and the path forward isn't clear. And whether it's decisions about your career relationships or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate your life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement, trusting yourself to make decisions that align with their values. You know, it's like anything, the more you practice it, the easier it gets. Uh, and if you are considering therapy, I would strongly recommend BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a great option because it is entirely online. It's designed to be convenient. It's flexible. It's suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MLB today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, 
com slash locked on MLB. We are back. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. I want to remind you again, you can catch every Dodger game, the hometown Dodgers broadcast on the radio on SiriusXM or the SXM app simply by searching for SX or searching for the SXM app for Dodgers. You can also listen to this podcast on the SXM app by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Uh, Vince, the other element of this series was the Dodgers offense. The Dodgers scored eight runs in the first, uh, no, 10 runs in the first game uh, of the series, including I think nine of them came in the last three innings, scored one run in the seventh, eight in the fifth, and then three more in the eight in the eighth, five in the eighth. Wow. I said eight in the fifth, five in the eighth. I'm pretty good at this talking thing. Glad I do a podcast. Five in the eighth and three more in the ninth. Then on on Saturday, they they did well. Um, not great. They only scored three runs. But against Blake Snell, Blake Snell has been one of the best pitchers in baseball this year. And the Dodgers had a three to one lead on on Snell. And it was until that bullpen implosion. And then on Sunday, the offense stepped back up again and scored uh, a bunch of runs. I don't even remember what the final score was on Sunday. Do you remember, Vince? Eight. Eight. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, that's 18 through 21 runs in three games. And when two of the games were started by you, Darvish, and, and Blake Snell, obviously the Dodgers feasted on the bullpen a little bit in, in the one game. But uh, all in all, about what we've come to expect from the Dodgers and definitely what the reason that the Dodgers have had a pretty dominant stretch despite the fact that their uh, pitching has sometimes been a little lackluster. Yeah, they got – they picked up Kike and Ahmed Rosario at the perfect time because they faced a lot of lefties recently. And, you know, Rosario had a big homer on Sunday, and he had a few clutch hits over the weekend. You know, Kike had a couple hits, nothing that stands out. But, you know, they that's better than they were before against left-handed pitching. So that's helped. Uh, they, you know, Freddie Freeman's been on absolute tear. And it was funny because on Friday night when they scored all the runs, Freddie didn't have a hit. He had an RBI hit on Saturday, had the big home run on Sunday to kind of get ahead. And I think, you know, what you want to see from this offense is them being competitive against good pitching and them, you know, damaging bad pitching. And that's what they did against the A's for the most part. You know, took maybe took a one or two times through a lineup or whatever, but they ended up getting to all those guys that weren't very good pitching. They ended up getting to Rich Hill pretty early in the game Sunday. And, you know, he's you know, Richo's fun, but he's not as great as he once was. And, you know, for all the, for all of us that kind of mentioned him as a possibility, you know, that could have been, it could have been what they ended up with at the deadline. And as we saw, it might not have worked out. So, but yeah, I mean, again, Snell, they got the runs. They, they you know, got him out after five innings. That's what you wanted, especially at night after the Padres had to use some of their main bullpen guys and some of their good bullpen guys. And again, Saturday, not like Saturday is the one where it's like, it, it all kind of worked out. They, Blake Snell left the game. The Dodgers were up. It just didn't work out the way the rest of the game. But yeah, I mean, the offense has been has been fun to watch, and and hopefully that continues on. Yeah, and all in all, it was a very productive weekend for the Dodgers as far as the standings go. The Giants didn't play on Friday for some reason, which is weird. Uh, started their two game series with the A's on Saturday, and got swept in that two game series by the A's. So uh, Dodgers picked up a game and a half since the last time we talked on the Giants. They're now four games up on the Giants. Uh, they are uh, five games up in the loss column. And then on the D-backs, they, the D-backs have now lost six in a row. Uh, Dodgers are eight and a half up on the D-backs. I think we can basically 
rule the D-backs out of the division competition. Hopefully the Dodgers can step on their necks uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday when they play a two-game series against them and really put them away. Um, but uh, all in all, I mean, the, the Padres are only game and a half behind the D-backs now despite losing two out of three so far to the Dodgers. So, But uh, it would be fun as far as the Padres go, the wild card standings, what they're worried about, they are right now – four game or four spots out of the last uh they need to leapfrog over four teams to get into that last uh wild card spot and they are three games out of that last spot right now uh be nice to, for the Dodgers to win again today and uh hurt the Padres chances there it's already an uphill battle because even though only three games back but you got to get past four teams and so when one team wins or one team loses but another team wins it's hard to jump over that many teams, but they're not out of it, out of it yet. But uh, another Dodgers win today could definitely help with that. Yeah, taking three out of four would be pretty demoralizing for the Padres. Obviously, there's still a lot of time after that. But, uh, you know, it's fun to put teams down when you can take advantage of it. Yep. That's going to do it for us today. Uh, it's been a fun weekend so far. Hopefully the Dodgers can finish off that fun weekend in today's series finale. It's a day game. Remember, you can catch that if you're at work or whatever. Great time to launch your SXM app and listen to the Dodgers radio broadcast on SSM just by searching for Dodgers. Thank you, Everydayers, for being with us. We appreciate that. If you're not an Everydayer, just start watching or listening every day. You can join that club. Love to hear from you through all of the different ways, the YouTube comments section, or uh, you can follow us on Instagram on Twitter at at Locked On Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at Vince Since 91. I'm on Twitter at Snydog. The DMs are open in all of those places. Our email address is LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. And our phone number for voicemails or text messages is 323-863-LOCK-5625. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.